Hello and welcome to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Gary Morgan. With me as always, my good friend, Jim Stam. How you doing, brother? Good, man. I, a couple things. I, I hope you had a good Christmas. I hope all of yins out there did. Um, you know, if you're expecting more singing, I would urge you to tune out. <laughs> I would urge you to tune out now if you were expecting it. I would urge you to tune out if you were expecting it. But no, it's <laughs> that was a one-off, Gary. We did it. We survived. People it was a one-off, it. but a pretty successful one-off, man. Uh, people loved it. And uh, we were having a good time. And I'm going to shout out to Ryan Lytle here. He says, hey, Gary. Hey, Jim. Ryan Lytle is a badass, man. Every day he's on this uh, Ramon Foster show live. And then when we go live at five, sometimes Ramon is still going on and he jumps over to our show. So I really appreciate that. Thank you very much for being here. And last week's show, man, blast to do. I think it was. More technically challenging for for us old people than people could imagine. <laughs> yeah, no, for but, sure. We, but it we was tried, a lot of fun. We tried to pack a lot in. Um, we tried to let loose a little bit. I hope people enjoyed it. it seemed like they did. And yeah. um, it's it's good to not take yourself too seriously sometimes when you're doing this stuff. Oh man, we had a message from somebody said uh, I watch this every Saturday from Thailand. And I just wanted you to know it, it, this episode in particular really kicked butt. And I was like, man, like, think about that crap. It's like somebody in Thailand watching a, a couple of yahoos singing Christmas songs. About the pirates of, of about all the things. pirates of all things. Right. So, Hey, it just, it just goes to show that the community is much healthier than you would be led to believe. If you just sat around on social media, reading everything terrible that's out there. So let's talk a little bit about what's coming up here, Jim. We got Pirates Fest on the on the sixth, and you know the Pirates listened to everybody and um, brought it back. I don't know really what the whole story was last year as to why they decided not to do it. I heard it had something to do with renovations at PNC and not enough notice to move it to the convention center or something. But uh, regardless. The tone deafness has come to an end, at least on this subject. And on yeah. the Pirates Fest, we go next week at the convention center. Totally free. Go get your tickets in the MLB ballpark app if you haven't already and want to go. Are you looking forward to it, Jim? Are you going to go? I- I'm sure we're going to go because we already said to each other we were going to. But are you going to go and have fun? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what would be the point of going down there if you can't try to enjoy yourself? Well, I thought um, you were. I thought we were all supposed to go down and yell at them about how terrible they are. Well, I'll leave that to to others. I, I will have my son in tow, and he doesn't quite frankly care about any of that, and um, nor does my wife. So I'm going to try to you know be be a, a good dad and a husband and just go down and enjoy it. I'm I'm curious to see the turnout. Um, just simply because it hasn't been here for a while, um, which is its own thing. I think we could criticize if we wanted to, but I'm really curious to see what the turnout will be. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be pretty strong. I think it's going to be pretty well attended, Jim. I really do. I mean, just the free tickets, uh, last I heard up over 20,000 already and you know, 
having had some trade shows at that convention center, I can tell you 20,000 is nothing to sneeze at for that size of a, of a facility. So now that's like throughout the course of the day. And if those people show up, but I would imagine that the, the turnout should be pretty solid. And, and I think the funny thing is there probably won't really be any people doing a lot of the things they claim they're going to do online. Cause Jim, I'm starting to just believe everything I see online is at least some degree of fake. And <laughs> I just don't think anybody's going to go and yell at them about whatever they see as right or wrong while Kutch is standing right there next to them. Yeah. I, you know, um, it's funny because we're, we're seeing there's just a level of um, uh, toxicity right now on Twitter with Pittsburgh sports that I don't know that we've seen it to this degree in a long time. And it was already pretty bad. Um, but I think what it comes down to is when you go to something like Pirates Fest, you know, if you could, if let me put it to you this way, people talk a good game, but if you got in an elevator, got in, hit the button, and the door started shutting, and all of a sudden someone said, hold that, hold that, and it was Ben Sherrington, and he got in the elevator with you, and it was just you and him. You know, are you, are you really as tough as you say you are? Are you really going to go where you say you would? <laughs> I highly, highly doubt that. And that's kind of what we talk about on social media is like people talk a good game and certain people are very loud about what they do and say, and they just hammer, 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 hammer. And I just don't see it as being very legitimate in the grand scheme of things, but we, we certainly give it its fair attention. I'm going to use myself as an, as an example here because I've been burned a couple times by being stupid online. All right. And I don't mean like making a bad prediction, but I mean like, okay, Robbie and Spankowski just left. Right. You know, and whatever reason that was decided, you know, I think that was a Nesson decision, not necessarily a Pirates decision, but whatever reason, Robbie and Spankowski has gone. Well, I'm pretty famous online for not enjoying his questions, right? Mm -hmm. So rather than just say, hey, I don't really like his questions or, hey, this I wish I would have asked this or I would have liked to have heard this or something. I got personal. I said he was stupid. I said he was dumb. I said he was asking like childish questions, right? Yeah. This dude reaches out to me in DMs. Couldn't possibly be nicer. This is just a couple of weeks ago after the news broke that he wasn't even going to be here anymore. Right. He has no reason to deal with me at all. He goes, Hey, years ago, man, I think you tweeted something out. It just struck me like basically that I was asking like a three-year-old's question, you know? And I was like, Oh man. And it just made me feel awful. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. So we he dig it up. He, he opens for some comedian. He flashes it up on the wall, like real big, like this big tweet. Nobody, it's not like anybody came after me for it or anything, but when things like that happen, you sit back and you just go, you know what? This is maybe something that I think a lot of people need to experience online. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's just, he's a completely nice guy. I never should have made it personal. I did. I just, I regret it. 
I just think there's a lot of people that probably run into somebody at a ballpark that they have no idea they called a moron 50 times last week. <laughs> and most of the time, nothing's going to happen. But man, when it does, it's going to be uncomfortable for you. Wait till you find out that guy you've been telling doesn't know anything is 97 and served in World War II. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, 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 you know what? It's funny you, you, you mentioned about saying things and, there, you know me, I get hard on the media here and in general because I think that there's a lot that needs to improve in that area. But there was a particular sports writer that I was hard on and he left. And um, um, I probably unnecessarily piled on a little too much and uh, never never had to ran into him. But I've uh, I've often thought about, you know what? That's not an easy job. I know it's not. And I feel a little bit bad about leaving that kind of taste in someone's mouth about when they were here. And um, yeah, so those things cut a lot of different ways, Gary. They really do. I mean, it's happened before, man. Chris Collinsworth's another one. You know, I've always disliked his style as far as calling a game. Never liked Mm -hmm. him. Always felt like he hated Pittsburgh. Every time he caught our games, he was always bad mouthing the Steelers or whatever, right? So, you know, I fly a lot. So it's bound to happen, right? I, I wind up sitting right next to Chris Collinsworth on a flight from Pittsburgh to California. Talked the whole way. I don't, I wasn't even wearing Pittsburgh gear. So he didn't necessarily know I was like a big Steeler fan at the time when we first started talking. He could not have been more complimentary about the city. And loving the town and loving the Steelers and the tradition of the Steelers and playing against them was something that he got up for, you know, I completely changed my perception of this guy because yeah, it was well, real life, Jim. It's, it's, it, there's a human element to it that, um, yeah, people start throwing around the word hate. I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm starting to hate that dude. You hate him. Right. I mean, you really hate him. Um, man, that's, that's silly. I save hate for some very, very few uh, individuals in my life. I try to at least. That's anyway. right. And rant guy's gone. So no need for that at all. Let's take, <laughs> let's take a quick break. Um, play a quick ad for you. And when we come back, I'm going to start picking off some of your comments because there's been some good questions popping in. And this is an unstructured show. Our favorite. Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects. Yeah, a couple things here. First, uh, let's see. Our buddy All Things Sports here says he has not been able to attend for a long time the live show on Thursdays, but it's Christmas break, so he's able to. Sorry to hear that. I am. They are always available, so I hope you you get to catch them, and we certainly do miss your interaction. He's always had some good stuff to say. 
but we do move it around sometimes, Jim. And as Ben gets yeah. more and more busy, we'll move it even more. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a labor of love, Gary. Mark Lancaster has a great question here. Are they really going to give Henry Davis starts at catcher? Boy, Jim, I kind of can't see how they couldn't, especially after the end of the injury. But then you hear Ben Charrington just say that kind of off the cuff, yeah, we might still look at another catcher too. <laughs> like, when they were yeah. talking about going out to the market again. And man, that smacked me in the face because, boy, that, that just smells like, less confident about what they think Henry can do than I would hope you'd be. And it's so crucial. I'm not even sure that I can sit here and advise going into the season with a guy that you don't think can hack it. So what, what are we going to see? Like, where do you, where do you live right now with that? Um, well, I guess, I guess we're going to, I guess we'll find out if they make a move. And it's a little bit of a head scratcher that would um, give you a good indication of where things stand. Because I wouldn't think you'd want to use any resources, be it, you know, um, in trades or signings, if you didn't feel it was absolutely necessary, given their other holes. Um, you know, if it were me, if he shows enough over the winter and, um, spring and they're going to, you know, get a nice long look at him in spring training Pet, pitchers and catchers report early. Uh, I would, I would certainly hope that he's uh, someone that you might be considering giving like half a load to um, as a catcher, uh, you know, um, whether you want to let him DH some and, and um, give him appropriate rest and pick and choose who he catches but I would hope they're at that point. That's what I want to see happen. Yeah, because while the, the catching drama continues to go on with Henry Davis, the bat does not. We continue to not hear them waver as far as thinking that it's a crucial bat, right? So if you think it's a crucial bat, that means you have to have some place for it to play. I think they've all but eliminated right field as an option. I just don't see the roster spot for Henry Davis to play out there even a little bit. So it really feels to me like it's catcher DH at this point. Yeah. And that, that may kind of be telling you something about what they think about him as a catcher, good or bad. And I'm not a hundred percent sure which one that is. I, I tend to feel like nervous about it right now. If only because I guess I wouldn't have thrown out the comment at all, if, <laughs> knowing that I had three, at least what I consider to be major league catchers right now. I definitely wouldn't have gone out and said, yeah, we might add another. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, and the thing about I, you hear this, the, 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 the little murmurs about is Kutch going to be able to play a little bit of outfield this year? You know, are they, are they, are they entertaining that thought as well? Um, you know, I would ask the question is of, is even at Kutch's at his age and, you know, he's not the fielder he was, he's better than Henry Davis. Um, yeah. you know, he, he will make the routine things. And that was even a struggle for Henry. Well, he so, was better at least. I mean, 
I think again, we're, we're all kind of programmed to just go, well, this is what we saw. He stunk. He, he didn't know where to go first. He didn't, his first step was wrong. His, his, his fourth step was wrong. <laughs> like everything he did, he looked like flight of the bumblebees going after a ball sometimes. Well, when you haven't been out there ever, I just don't know how else to do it besides you have to learn it. And when you're on the field, um, in games, primarily trying to learn that or shagging, like when it's really not a pressure situation and you know, they're trying to pop it your way. Yeah. It's a lot different than being ready in game to address something like that. And I see like Andrew here, he says, uh, you put Davis at first base and then switch out catch and DH. I don't, I don't think you can stick him at first base any more than I think they should have stuck him in right field. He's caught his whole life. Mm-hmm. So, to me, I I would take mediocre catching over absolute crap show wherever else you put him. Does do it? Does he look like somebody that I think could probably learn to handle first base? Yeah, but I think he's somebody that could learn to handle right field. So I guess I'm just asking them: Can you pull the ripcord and quit like parachuting in with different opinions about what he's going to be? Well, I would say this about first base. If it, if it's in the plans, we've heard absolutely zero, zero indication that, 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 that would be, that that's something that they're considering. So as much as I envisioned it early on, and I said as much on this show when they drafted him that I could eventually see him being there. This is before even all the catching stuff happened. It yeah. just doesn't seem like that's even remotely part of the plan. And yeah, I mean, he could, he could show marked improvement out there, but I will tell you that, you know, um, having experiences firsthand is when you play infield your whole life or catcher, God forbid, and you get stuck out in the outfield, that is like being on another planet. It's weird and it feels weird and it's unnatural and the ball seems to find you a lot. And so, I don't know. I don't know whether he can ever, ever get to the point where he can feel comfortable out there. All I can say is when you grow up your entire life watching the game from one perspective, which is behind the plate, and then they put you anywhere else with no training, you're not only learning how to watch the game from a different perspective, you're learning all the intricacies of a position that someone else has easily played 50 times as much as you right next to you. Right. Things that, that you don't even think of anymore. Like, Hey, when, when there's a left-handed pitcher and he's throwing outside, the ball's going to tail away from me. So get on your horse faster. Yeah. It comes natural to somebody that's played right field their whole lives. It does not come natural to somebody that's played catcher. It can be trained, but it can't be just immediately put in there like you program their brains with AI and and they've learned and now they're smarter. It takes right. a while. And it's very hard. I mean, you can shag fly balls and you can do all that. It's very hard to simulate what the ball looks like coming off the bat against live pitching and guys doing things in game that they're yeah. not doing at other times. So it's, it's just, man, it, there are guys that can do it and make the switch and do it comfortably. But I would suggest that most guys, they just flat out need practice 
out there. And sometimes that comes in games. Yeah. Let me uh, wrap up this subject real quick with all things. Sports says, I know this was different regime, but I guess they, they figured Neil Walker did it. Meaning switching positions from catcher. Neil Walker did it. But what you don't realize because it happened behind the scene is that process took three and a half seasons of minor league and major league baseball to finally decide he was a second baseman. And at that, not a second baseman that anyone in the league would envy for range. He was a second baseman that hit enough to get himself a spot, you know, and and in reality, he got moved to first base almost immediately when he got shipped someplace else and they tried him at third base and outfield and finally landed on second base. So it was a journey. The bat is the reason that he got a spot. The bat will be the reason Henry Davis gets a spot. So, I mean, I, I just don't know how else to put it. You have to be patient with this sort of stuff. It's like sometimes you don't have a, a perfect four of a kind in poker, but you might have two pairs that beat just about anything that other guy's holding, right? Well, your bat yeah. is going to win the day for you as, as, a, as a player. Well, in baseball in general – is now more open-minded than ever about letting guys thinking of guys in terms of having other positions that they can play. They are willing to sacrifice more defense now than they've ever been. If you can hit. So there are very few positions where they won't at least mildly entertain the thought of it. Yeah. You know, other than, you know, throwing a catcher at shortstop. I don't think, you know, we're not going to get too crazy. But just things in general that I think teams are open-minded to way more than they've ever been. So I want to I jump into another subject here because I think, Henry, you know, we basically asked a lot of questions and didn't give a lot of answers. And there's a reason for that. There's a lot of questions. There's not a lot yeah. of answers. Right. I, and I think ultimately playing is going to be what, what – answers a lot of those brandon gallagher he brings up something else i think we have to touch on jim because maybe premature but let's say brew baker is a starter towards the beginning of the season is he part of a trade at the deadline with the younger guys coming up now brendan i'm not putting this up here to pick on you i promise but i have to use this because brew baker and michael burrows are two guys that i hear repeatedly people want to factor into this starting rotation this year or even assume they're going to come in like on a white horse sometime in the middle of the season. It's not these kind of injuries, my man. It's just not. JT Brubaker in particular, I know the fort said he was a little bit ahead like in his in his training and everything, but you're still talking mid-season before he's even approaching competitive Major League Baseball, let alone starting, let alone stretched out for five, six innings. That's not going to happen this year with him. What you're going to get with JT Brubaker in reality in 2024 is hopefully a guy that comes back maybe in August looking good after a little bit of a minor league rehab stint can come up and show you that he's worth picking up that ARB three. Maybe he's next year's Martin, you know, signing. Yeah, it's not. I'm glad Brendan asked the question, truthfully, because I have seen this uh, more than once or twice where people are saying things like, um, 
getting Brubaker back for a stretch run. And, you know, to piggyback off what you said is, listen, uh, great. If he's a little ahead of schedule, but those things have a tendency to average out. And especially when it's things like Tommy John, I mean, you show me a guy that has come back from Tommy John and beaten some kind of timetable miraculously. And then, oh, by the way, once he did come back, was anything remotely close to the pitcher he was, at least for the first six months of him actually being in games. There are a ton of peaks and valleys associated with that. You know, he does, he's yeah. not going to have, Gary, he's not going to have the feel, the, the, the touch, those, and I mean, like, let's be honest, he wasn't dominant beforehand. So, you know, I, I would, I would say expect nothing from JT Brubaker this season. And if you get something out of him, consider that the win, like, right. like whatever little bit you get. But other than that, that's it. That's that's it. And I work Burroughs into this conversation even differently than that. Burroughs has never been a major leaguer. He was close to the major leagues. Unfortunately, when you have an injury like that before you become a major leaguer, you come back immediately with the expectations and sundial of already being on the 40 man. You're immediately seen as a waste on that 40 man. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not saying he's not. I'm not saying he's a, not a good pitcher, but I'm saying like the clock is turned on once he once he is back on rehab and in AAA. They're like, okay, you've been on this forty man for a year and a half, son. Let's see it. And that's yeah. and that's what it's going to be. And come spring of 2025, it, it, he that's when you start talking about Burroughs. He ain't coming back to save the day this year. In fact, if he does then they're in pretty bad shape. They've had a lot of bad go on. Yeah, and 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 I would suggest they're going to be the exact opposite with him, which is they're going to be very careful with him. And you need to make sure that this goes right and well. And so you're not going to put him in a position where just because there's a perceived need that you are then going to like force him into a situation that he's not, they'll they'll be the opposite with him and they, and they should be, they should be very cautious with them. Now. And let me say this too, like Gary, and this is something that I'll bet you, if you ask most pitchers that go through complete, you know, Tommy John surgery and the recovery and whatever. I'll bet you if you ask most of them, they would say, if you ask them, when did you feel like yourself again? Completely and totally like yourself. And I'll bet you most of them would say, it took two years before I felt like I was the same pitcher that I was before I got hurt. I mean, I heard Chad Cole say it last year. Did he? he That he finally started feeling like himself. And he pitched well enough to get cut from the nationals. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just saying like, and this is a guy that had a big arm too. It's not as though, oh, I mean, yeah. even, even Brubaker. Let, there was a, let's just remember how many of you wanted to run him out of town off of a 2022 team that lost a hundred games. 
And now, now he's the savior that you, that you just have to leave a spot open for like folks, come on. <laughs> and that's, and that's not necessarily what Brennan was saying, but no, 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 not him. Yeah. I, it's just set us off on this conversation. It was a perfect segue. I'm glad he asked the question. TLP. He says, why these Adam Frazier rumors? And Jim, we wanted to talk about this too, because man, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Safety net for a potential trade involving middle infielders. I mean, that's the assumption I see everyone go to. Um, we, we already talked about Pirates Fest a little bit. I will talk about it a little bit more because um, Michael, who's on here, I believe, wrote a really nice piece about it and kind of laid out a lot of who's who and what's going on and everything. So I'll talk t- to some of that, but they just recently said Piguero is going to be at Pirates Fest. So, I mean, he's not getting traded right away. Right. Doesn't seem like it. And we've all decided Nick Gonzalez is dead. I mean, like he's had a hundred at bats now, Jim, that's far too many to, to like have not just decided to DFA him already. Right. It's kind of funny when you talk about the, this isn't a Nick Gonzalez topic, but how much he has like, even with the fan base, you have your, you know, Nick Gonzalez uh, supporters out there, but like, I, you know, yeah. and, I, and, and I understand like there's some real concerns, but boy, he have, can you remember a guy that has been that quickly brushed aside and almost forgotten about by this much of the fan base that actually got called up to the league? Yeah. Uh, no. No, I can't. Um, it, it's it's really kind of unfair and silly um, to do to a rookie like that, uh, especially just one that, that he kind of got ping-ponged and really didn't have much of an opportunity. You can look at his numbers. You can say, um, you know, it's unlikely that he'll become some superstar. I would just remind you, a, a good Pirates team is not going to be filled with 26 superstars. It just isn't. It's going to be filled with, you know, hopefully 10 really good, like guys that you might consider all stars and 16 guys that you hope are good. That's what, that's what this team's going to be when they're, when they're at their peak. So you don't necessarily need everybody to be a superstar and you certainly don't start flushing guys who aren't. No. And, and, and let's, let's get back on Adam Frazier real quick though, because sure. that, that was the question. And uh, the question is why, why is his name popping up? <laughs> Gary, I have no idea. I, I just, at this stage of Adam Frazier's career, there's nothing right now to indicate that, um, he he is somebody that you wouldn't almost be considering a fringe guy that you would count as a last resort to show if he had anything left in the tank. He hasn't been a good he hasn't been a good baseball player stat wise since the Pirates traded him. I mean, let's go down the list. Do they really need a lefty bat? Hmm? Probably not. And if they did, wouldn't you want it to have pop? I mean, he really doesn't. Do they need a defensive upgrade at second base? I guess I could argue that. But Piguero looked pretty good there. Gonzalez looked pretty good there. They didn't, but so what? And Triolo, we know, would do really well there, which we're not even counting in this conversation for some reason, right? 
Right. See, I don't think you're getting a defensive upgrade from somebody who, when they did play last year, had like the third worst OAA in the league at second base. So I just don't see that point. I think it's, uh, it makes no sense really to, to bring in somebody like that. I don't think that he's the type of guy that fans are going to like freak out and buy tickets over, even the ones that recognize his name. You know, this to me would be like bringing back John Cangelosi. Like, I, I just don't get it. Like, I don't think it's an upgrade. I don't think it's something I would pursue. If you want to get a veteran second baseman, get one that I know is better than the second baseman we have right this second, like Whit Merrifield. Yeah. Yeah. It, and, and I mean, if you look at what he did in 2023, I mean, he showed a little bit of pop, 13 homers and 60 RBI. But other than that, guys, this wasn't this wasn't a good baseball player. Um, it six six ninety six OPS on base percentage of three hundred. Um, he slugged three ninety six. This this is a guy, and this is his best season since the Pirates had him. So, um, I just don't I just don't see it. I don't think there's some kind of like little resurgence in store here just because he's Adam Frazier and he had, he had some, uh, a few nice seasons with the pirates and now that's starting to be a while ago, by the way. Yeah. So another one I'm seeing a lot of Jim is, um, and I really kind of don't know where it came from. Cause I thought the pirates kind of did a, <laughs> I thought they, I thought they kind of answered this question last year. Is Cruz going to move off shortstop right away? And I mean, the answer is no, he's not. Pirates are absolutely starting him at shortstop. Um, it's only a controversy because I think people have always wanted him moved to the outfield. <laughs> they always have. I just said there's not room for Henry Davis out there. I'm not sticking another guy out there who hasn't played either when I've got other guys who can't play it. Where is this even coming from? You know what I, I mean? Like I, I saw it on I saw it on one of the sites that should not be named and it's just yeah. trickled down from there. I, I truthfully don't get it. At this point, you're gonna let him see what he can do at shortstop. We have talked about the concerns for years. There is nothing to be done but try it. There was a full season of this guy incapable of participating in baseball activities. And nobody of the plethora of shortstops they brought in won the job. And none of them even threatened winning the job. It's O'Neill Cruz's until he proves he can't do it. Even if they had thoughts of it, they can't really afford to do anything else but this right now. Yep. Um, and the injury concern needs to stop too. I mean, like the pirates are nursing him back because they have to be very careful with somebody they think is one of their most important assets. And they didn't let him play winter ball because they can't keep an eye on him in winter ball. And they said, no. So, I mean, that should kind of backtrack and show maybe why they uh, didn't have a lot of concern about Andy, whether they should have or not, because they let him play. So, I think the injury stuff is way overblown with him. It's it's something that's been addressed. They say he's healthy. I cannot see it at his age being something you have to worry about. 
um, he should be totally fine with his range and everything that he's going to have to do. You know, Jason Kendall played catcher after his ankle got ripped off and thrown in the Allegheny for fish bait. And he did it for years after that. So, and that was way more horrific. So, um, if you're worried about O'Neill Cruz at short, I got five other things you can worry about with him before we get to his <laughs> before his injury. I think that's probably the best way to look at it. On the list of things that could be a problem, that one comes up pretty low, I would have to say. Let's take another quick break, Jim. And when we come back, let's jump into an interesting question that Michael posed in the chat trying to take over the show. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's funny. At DK Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects. We're back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. It's the last episode of the year. It really is. It's it's going to be a new year, Jim. So we're going to start looking towards the new year, the new Pirates team. We're going to find out, are they going to be better? And we don't know and the whole picture yet, as we've said, or pitcher, as you like to say. But <laughs> the, the new Pirates generation. Is, yeah. I mean, are we going to be excited? Goes. Which one of these sweet logos behind me are we looking at? So um, I would take the one up on my on your left if we're going there. There you go. That's my personal. And it was Josh, not Michael. He says, but he was sending it to Michael. So he was trying to incite riots amongst fans is what he was doing. He went over our helmet. Well, you know how Josh is. Josh, just, he's so demanding and he, he's always trying to start fights. So He says, we will have the league's most average outfield. Reynolds, Sawinski skills are exaggeratedly bad. They're fine out there. Can't speak for Oliveris. Now, this is from Michael earlier, men- making a mention about their, them being poor on defense. I see this a lot because I'm in a, a private chat with Michael, and they love to banter about how horrible at defense all these players are. All I'm going to say about the Pirates outfield, Reynolds is a fine player. He will be okay as a left fielder. He does not have the strongest arm in the world. He is not going to confuse you with Dave Parker or Roberto Clemente or even peak Andrew McCutcheon, but he's going to play a competent left field. He's going to get to most balls. He's going to make the right decision with the ball most of the time. Jack Sawinski is somebody who is young, learning center field for the first time last year, does not have a cannon for an arm, does have elite speed, can get to balls. Once he learns a little bit more, I think we'll see him improve a little bit out there, but he's not a shit show. He's okay. Right? Right field. I don't know who's going to end up winning right field, but 
Palacios wasn't bad. Oliveris isn't bad. He he looked bad in Kaufman Field, I think, but he looks like he can get to the balls. Most of what I've seen, it, it's it was more just not having the kind of range he needed to get to things. I'm not even sure if he'll win. Like we don't know who's going to win that spot. The only way you really worry about the defense is if you stick a performing like last year Henry Davis out there. It looks pretty damn bad. So let's not do that again, right? Yeah, you don't you don't want with the thing is with Reynolds and Swinski is you just don't want because because they're not they're not they're never but both going to be all star caliber defensive uh, outfielders, but they can be enough to get the job done. You just don't want someone else out there who's a nightmare. You can't have that. So um, that's where I'm at is like, whoever is out there, just pull your weight with the other guys. Don't give away things. Like I know you can't, I know, look, am I expecting you to be, um, you know, um, highlight real stuff all the time? No, but we can't have a super weak link out there either. I still think like we talked about this a little bit last week, but I still think like if you, if it is something that you're really concerned about, I I just, I'm not interested in addressing it by improving the corner outfield. I, I want to improve center field. It's the only one that truly is a link that you can say needs improved defensively. And I think Jack's top end is probably something that could be improved on. So it's not like I'm married to Jack as a center fielder from here until the end of his Pirates career. But as I go into 2024, again, you started talking about that list of problems, Jim. Man, yeah. I can't even get on the first page with that. I just, well, I'm not concerned about Reynolds and Sawinski at all in the outfield. It would really be nice if you could get that center fielder and then let them do what they do without having the either of them have to be a center fielder. That that would be the ideal situation. I mean, what are the options? That kid we picked up from the Twins, who I'm not even going to bother learning his name until spring. <laughs> or, you know, you have Josh Palacios. He's shown he can play it, but I think he's more reckless than Jack. I don't think that necessarily helps anything. And his arm isn't good enough to make up for the recklessness. Yeah. He's a, he's a decent fill in Reynolds can play there, but I think Reynolds needs to play too um, shallow to, to really make a go of center field. Whereas Jack can play a little more, more shallow and make up for it. So I'm, a, I, I kind of would prefer he stay over in left field and just be a left fielder. Right. And, and this Oliveris guy can't do it for sure. G1 Bay, he'd have to hit his way on to the roster. And that's really the the most interesting thing that could possibly happen, I think, for him is he not only wins a spot, but he wins the center field spot because that changes the entire complexion of the outfield. And even he doesn't have the on paper, I've been awesome at center field. He just has the skills that make you think he might be able to do it. I don't like his arm any more than Jack's. The arms are never going to be something you just sit there and look at any of them and say, my goodness, we're, we're in great shape there. Bay is probably looking back on this whole thing. Um, and, and where we're at now, um, 
it would have been if there was a guy that if he could have just rounded into the form some people thought he could, he would have really solved a lot of problems, wouldn't he have? You yeah. know, he had positional flexibility infield to outfield. He helps you at the top of a lineup. He can play center, which then allows guys to move to other positions. It, it's just that one hurts more than I think as I sit here and talk about it. I think that one hurts more than maybe people realize. I'm not sure. Like, I'm not sure I'm ready to say that it hurts because it, I haven't really decided if I'm done with him yet. I don't think the Pirates have either. So well, I'm saying at this point, like, had it been something that he came out last year and man, he just took that next step forward, and we're just like, oh boy, this is good. This is this is going to be interesting. I think he's a perfect example of a guy that development did no favors for. Because, you know, here's a really fast guy. They they know second base is going to at least be hard for him to hold on to, even if he makes it. Because he had an advantage in that he got here before some of the other guys that he was going to be competing with. So I can understand letting him play it. But you, you know what's coming. You know that you're going to eventually want him to try something else, right? Right. So, so get him out in center field, right? And then, hey, here's another idea. Maybe take this kid that's like 5'11", 6 foot, whatever they're claiming he is. I mean, all I know is I'm eye level with him, so <laughs> I'm guessing he's lying a little bit in his book. But um, you take this guy and you tell him, we think you could hit 15 hammers in the majors. And then you, you get him starting to swing out of his shoes and stuff. And then he has some early success in the bigs and actually hits a couple. And then he goes into a three-month tailspin trying to do nothing but replicate that same success, that exciting moment where he ran around the bases at PNC Park, right? And they do nothing to fix it. That's a developmental failure right there. You look at a kid like that, you want to give him the Willie Mays Hayes treatment. Keep the ball on the ground or do push-ups. I don't care. But, like, use that speed, kid. Like he should be hitting line drives and slapping the ball all over the field and off of walls and running. That's what he should be doing. I think you're seeing this with a lot of guys anymore that that's, that's the direction the game is gone and they are trying to find that in a lot of different players. And that's the direction they decide to go with them. And just quite frankly, I do think it's trying to fit, uh, you know, the proverbial uh, square peg in a round hole. And, and a lot of teams try to do that with these guys. Here's a problem. I think the last regime had, I think this one, so far has shown me they still have. They have the ability to develop talent um, when it's expected and average talent. They might even be able to squeeze a little bit more out of you if you're an expected or average talent. But when you have something elite that you do, they have no idea how to handle it. They just have no idea how to help you accentuate it or build on it or force pitchers into you know, giving it to you or, you know, right. they, they just don't know how to accentuate spectacular. G1 base speed tells me, I don't really care if he fails on occasion, 
If he's not stealing bases up here, or at least attempting to steal bases up here, there's no reason for him to be here. And if he's not getting on base, and that's why he's not attempting to steal bases, then there's no reason for him to be here. And you need to be training him to do those things. This is what well, I've never understood about that. You get an elite skill set, accentuate the, ex- the elite skill set, and hope other things join the party. Yeah, and, and what we saw out of Bay for those first couple months was exactly the type of player you're describing, which was he was still getting on base. He was stealing bases. He was doing those things, but the emphasis wasn't there. And so for whatever reason, and I would just let a guy like that do what he does best And if power starts to come at another point in time, which sometimes it does for players, great. That's the bonus. I would, but they just don't see it that way anymore with a lot of players. Yeah. And I think it's a mistake, especially when, when it's just not there, because I think then you take a serviceable player and you end up wasting them. And then you send them to an organization that does have an open mind and they find a way to use them, you know, like, you get somebody like a Colin Selby, okay? When He can throw a 98, 99-mile-an-hour fastball. I've even seen him hit 100. Guy can do it. He's got a great arm. You bring him up to the majors. You immediately stick him in the back end of the bullpen like it's just going to translate. It doesn't. He gets smacked in the mouth. So what do you do to this guy who has been back-end bullpen the entire time? You shove him in, in as an opener. <laughs> don't tell him how long he's going to go. Watch him ramp back his velocity to try to like get through as long as they think he's going to use him for Right. They use him for an inning. Okay. Well now I've just thrown not as hard. Good for me. Right. Right. All you've done is just kind of messed with this kid. Like, and I just, I don't understand why you can't take that fastball. Be happy with that fastball. Make sure he's got something to go with it and let him run wild in the bullpen. No, we've got to make sure he's got that fastball and he can throw a two-seamer and he can throw a changeup and he's got, you don't need all that. He needs these two pitches he can throw. You want to know why Holderman and Majinski and Bednar are successful pitchers in this system? It's because they all have three to five pitches they can throw because that's what this team is stupid enough to think they they should shoot for in the bullpen. (laughs) And it's not. You have to be realistic with guys, do you not? I think that's what we're trying to say here is that you have to, at some point, you have to be realistic with the player in front of you and make decisions based off that player, maybe not the organizational philosophy that you are so in love with that you, right. think, you, can, that you think you can do that with anybody. Right. And and I that's just don't, something think, I, just don't, I don't think, think baseball works that way. I don't think we're going to be able to avoid learning this year hundred percent where they fall on this spectrum. There's just too many kids that that they're going to have to play. I want to see what they do. Like we've seen them lose prospect after prospect that they could hit for power, but struck out too much and they couldn't do anything to fix them. Right. Right. They've got a few of them rotting right now in AAA, right? Matt Gorski, Nunez, you know, Matt Frazier from a couple years ago. And, and they try to tweak and they try to tweak instead of taking what's good, try to tweak, try to tweak, try to tweak, screw up everything. 
I just I want to see some of these skills make it intact. I don't think Mason, that's a lot to ask. Mason Martin. I mean, sure. you know, there's too many examples of why of it not working out here with practically anybody, to be honest with you. I mean, except for the ones that we won't admit have kind of succeeded, like Jack Swinsky, right? I mean, True. like he has come up here and hit for power that was there. They did accentuate his skill set. They did have patience with all of the warts that he showed. They did stick him in center field, even though it wasn't a great position for him because it looked like he might. They did all these right things with Jack Swinsky. And it drives me nuts that they don't do it with somebody like Henry Davis. Who's a bigger pedigree player, you know, <laughs> like yeah. it, it's maddening to watch because it's inexplicable for one thing. You know, we, we have these people online, you know, talk about crazies online. Uh, it's racist that you like Jack Sawinski, right? <laughs> I saw somebody actually say that to you online uh, a couple of weeks ago, that, that the only reason you like Jack is because he's white. Cause that's, it, that's what we talk about on the show every week, how white this team is. Gary, the first thing I do when I look at a player, I will go right past stats and I look to see what color they are. And then I make decisions from there. That's it's how I so watch stupid. sports. It's so stupid. But still, if you want to start a comp- conspiracy theory, the best thing to do is make some of it reality, right? And yeah. some of it is reality. Jack has been treated differently than some of these other guys that have come up. Jack has gotten an extended leash that a lot of these guys have not gotten. And it may pay off. I think it has paid off. I think Jack is a bona fide power hitter in this league. But why does he get that? But Nick Gonzalez is basically DFA fodder to, to the fan base. <laughs> what have you done? You know, Leo Piguero hits eight home runs and the world's exploding. Nick Gonzalez hits four and half the at-bats and everyone thinks he sucks. I just don't get how we're coming to these determinations, how we're deciding people are failures before they've, put in even like half a season in the league. I, if GMs were as rash as fans want them to be, you'd be playing with single A players. I'm just going to tell you right now. Well, you know, if, if patience isn't your thing in general and you love baseball, I would say that that is uh, a marriage that cannot, will not, or should not last because it is by far probably the most patient you have to be is to be a baseball fan. <laughs> Here's Michael making up for earlier. <laughs> Jack needs to stop hitting against left-handed pitchers with his eye roll emoji. Yeah. I mean, but that was the, the battle cry, you know, pretty much all last year. To their credit, they ignored it because they realized it was important that he do it. I think you're going to see that with Odell Cruz. I think you're going to see them force him to face left-handers this year. So that's two guys like that that I think it's fair to say, okay, we're making you do it. There's other guys, though, man, they seem to see one bad thing and they just pull the ripcord. They're like, that's it. He's done. Castro got a good long pull. It just feels to me like there's other guys in the outfield. Kane Smith and Jig has been called up a couple times and didn't even get in a bat. Yeah. I'm not understanding where the, where it's okay to push with, with one guy and not okay to push with another. I don't know. Yeah. It's a, 
uh, we could probably do a whole show on that and you wonder what it is that they see behind the behind the curtain that that we don't see that makes it look so different i don't know yeah right it's been frustrating though but i think the the last question we have to answer jim is this a better team next year we don't know the full thing yet but is it a better team um yeah I don't know that it's any worse. Is that a cop out? Yes. Um, <laughs> um, I think O'Neill Cruz coming back right away makes them so much better offensively just because I think it helps. Not only do you get his production out of it, um, it's going to help other guys in the lineup too. So I, 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 I can see that part of it. I think Jack's going to continue to improve. I think Henry Davis is going to have a much better offensive year than what you saw out of him last year. I, I, I think he's somebody that like, I really do think Henry Davis will take a real nice step forward offensively this year. So offensively, I can see it. Uh, The pitching is what really is still worrying me um, clearly, but um. I'll say I'll say they're no worse off yet. Yeah. I'll say they're not done yet. But I can't base what I think based on hoping that they do more. So I'm gonna say what's in house right now, what I see right this second. Yeah, I think they're a little bit better. Just a couple games. But to get like that ten, I think they have to do more. So from here till then, I think we're probably looking at they're on the right track for, for the kind of improvement we were hoping for, providing that they actually do the rest of the stuff. So, yeah, yeah. they're on the right trajectory. I think, I think my biggest concern is like making sure they get the innings pitched out of, the, out of starters because I think that that ends yeah. up being a big kind of cancer that starts eroding away at a season if you can't get enough innings out of starting pitching. So that makes me hesitant. But I think offensively, there's enough there to suggest that they might be um, better, and they need to be. All right, let's talk a little bit about what's going on at Pirates Fest because Michael, again, he did a great job covering this on my site, Inside the Bucks Basement, which probably be changing its name fairly shortly. Announcement soon to come. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, So far, Steve Blass, Bill Mazeroski, Kent Tukolve, you know, the uh, cast of characters that they trot out to pretty much all these sorts of things. David Bednar, Andrew McCutcheon, Brian Reynolds, Leover Pagaro, I've heard so far. Uh, $25 for the uh, autograph session. So do that if you like. I personally don't care about that sort of thing. Looks like you can get in as early as eight thirty. No, I'm. You'd have to be the season ticket holder. Yes, right. I'm not into that. Uh, Ten o'clock. I like to bounce around the stadium, so I just never do it. I, I, I've thought about it several times, Jim, and they certainly call me enough trying to get me to. But man, I just I like to bounce all around. So I just yeah, I like it. flexibility, like. To me, you're committing too too much. 
yeah. on season tickets. Like, like I want to know, I want to go when I want, I want to sit where I want, I want to change it up. You know, it's like getting involved in a timeshare um, or, or something like that, where it's, it's too much of a commitment. I feel you, brother. I, I'd be more apt to probably buy a season ticket for parking. well that that shows our age more than anything i think right or i'll get i'll get on uh what's his face on uh twitter and have him start yelping about getting a train to the north hills or something yeah since you guys all have the tea there in the south um you know there's going to be um supposedly a a q a with uh Ben Sherrington and Travis Williams and all them. I have a feeling that's going to be season ticket holder as well. I don't see them doing a big round table at the convention center. I, if you know the place, it just isn't going to set up for that. I don't believe that would be interesting to see how they do that part. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'm going to be there the whole day and I'm going to be unattached. Somebody asked earlier here, if I was going to be given updates from the thing, I don't know, maybe. We'll see how it plays out. I might right. do that. I might not. Um, I'm sure somebody professional is probably going to be doing that. Like, I'm sure Alex will be running the live file or something. He does stuff like that on DK Pittsburgh Sports all the time. And that stuff's free. So there's no reason for a blogger to compete with that. Um, who knows? I might live tweet. Maybe if I meet people, I'll take pictures for sure. So Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, that'll I, be think, fun. I think we're just playing it by ear and we'll see how it goes. And I mean, it's just, hey, it's it's something that they haven't had in a while, and it's good to get back down there. And and um, if you've got uh, kids that you can take there, and they get to meet some ball players. So, All right, Dave White has the perfect finishing question: What are the goals for this show in twenty twenty four? Oh, geez, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'll go technical. Um, I want to double the video audience this year in 2024 from what it is now. So that means subscribe and tell friends about it and help us share the message as much as you possibly can grow the show. And uh, that's what I want to do. And as far as the audio goes, man, if we don't lose any, we'll be, we'll be in good shape. But like, I, I think we're, we're getting close to, you know, we've touched most of the pirates fan base at this point. Let's, let's just make it more consistent. So let's up that too. And uh, not miss a show again this year. That's important to us. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, consistency is always a big thing for us. Is that a goal? I don't know, but um, making sure that we give out the content, on a routine basis, whether we have to change the day or not during the week, that doesn't count. But in just um, continuing to be two people that you can rely on to look at this team as fairly and objectively as they possibly can, um, whether it's good, bad, or you know, um, how things are unfolding. And that to me has always been the most, that goal has never changed for me from day one. And I know that that's been important to you too. Yep. Flowers when they're deserved fire when it's earned. Right. That's what, that's what, that's what it should be. And I just think, uh, you're going to have a lot more fun watching this team. If you kind of open your mind and to the fact that what you saw last year, isn't necessarily what you're going to see next year from everybody that returns. 
it, it it does tend to change pretty drastically in the off season. And I, I know for a fact, a lot of these guys are putting some major lab work in. So yeah, listen, it's whether this goes well or not, it's going to be nothing short. If you're into this thing, this is going to be an interesting year because there, man, how many things have we touched on just today? You talk about like where they're going, where they're headed. How's a guy going to develop? Can he build off of things? Right. I mean, it's just, they've, there's a ton, a ton of interesting things that we're going to get to find out about sooner than people even realize, Gary. All right. So, hey, we'll finish with a uh, happy new year to everybody. Uh, 2023 was weird. I think uh, COVID should be further in the rear view for 2024. So let's let's uh, get excited about that. And I think we can also stop thinking about COVID killing prospects after this year. I think this is probably the last year where we're going to go, oh, well, he didn't pitch blah, blah, blah because of COVID. I think we can stop whining about that probably after this year too. So, Which, which fans still tend to forget about that that, that, that has been that was still something that was affecting things even as far as last year all right so good stuff ben take it away if you're not too tired from all the sports your dad drags you to <laughs> happy new year yeah, you're right.